the, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Get any sized iced coffee for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And sweeten the deal when you pair it with a baked apple or pumpkin and creme pie. After all, why wait to treat yourself? Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.50% APY on an 8-month CD special or 5.00% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining in on Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. I'm so excited for what the wonderful Holy Spirit is going to do today. Fireborn Ministries lives, we exist to see Jesus awaken this generation to the power of the wonderful Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you guys to please feel free to share this podcast episode, share this live stream. Uh, Please be a blessing to each and every person, you know, because this is going to be a powerful episode. But before we jump in and I introduce our very special guest, I I want to encourage you guys to enroll in the Spirit Empowered Life Coaching with Jared and Rochelle Lasky. We've got a pilot program. It's going to be six weeks. Please feel free to click on the link provided here for the Spirit Empowered Life Coaching with Jared and Rochelle Lasky. But I also have one more thing for you guys to check out on charismacourses.com, and that's the Fellowship with the Holy Spirit e-course. So please check this out. You want to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit? Do you want signs and wonders to take place through you? Do you want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, where people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Are you looking for a game-changing move of God? I believe that it begins with our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I'm developing the Fellowship of the Holy Spirit e-course I know will equip you and empower you to walk in the love and grace and power of the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, know Him better. I believe that this e-course will equip you and empower you to walk in the power of God, and it will benefit your church community, it will bless you and your small group. I am Jared Lasky of Fireborn Ministries. the Fellowship of the Holy Spirit e-course available for you on charismacourses.com. But guys, I'm so excited. Today we're talking about seeing in the Spirit with Luis Lopez. Luis Lopez and her husband, Gabriel, are graduates of Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Redding, California. Luis is a seer with a heart to awaken the church to experience more of the angelic 
in everyday life. For more information about her ministry, please go to markedbygoodness.com. Louise, welcome to Adventures in the Spirit. So excited to be here. Yes, me too. It's, you know, like I was saying just a few minutes ago before going live, I think this is the first time we're talking about mm -hmm. singing in the spirit. But before we jump into some other things that we have planned for this episode, what was the process process that you went through to see in the spirit and prophesy? Uh, well, to see in the spirit, um, that one was different than the prophetic because I've always seen in the spirit. I don't remember not seeing in the spirit. Um, as a kid, I had a lot of angelic encounters. I remember when I was five years old and I met my angel, Jason, for the first time. Um, I remember I was having woke up from a nightmare, as kids do sometimes, and I was just afraid. And then all of a sudden, he was standing next to my bed, and he told me that Jesus had sent him to protect me. And he's been with me every day since then. And so seeing in the spirit came very naturally to me because... I just kind of grew up in it and I never, I never stopped seeing in the spirit. And so obviously there are definitely times I've tried to like push into it more and press into it because there's always more. It doesn't matter what level of a gifting you have, there's always more to press into. And so there's definitely times of pressing into it and being like, okay, God, I want more of this. I want to see more of this kind of stuff. And, you know, gone after certain areas, but with seeing in the spirit, it's just kind of something that I've always had. Um, which I believe that every Christian has. And so right. I think that for me, I just, as a child, I, I just kept it. I kept seeing, kept having encounters. And I equate a lot of that to my parents because I would tell them about things that I was seeing and they would tell me how amazing it was and how awesome it was. They didn't tell me there's just my imagination that I was, you know, they didn't tell me, they basically just like, this is amazing that you're seeing this stuff. Tell us more, get, tell us what you're, and I was like, okay, this is awesome. And so I kept kind of telling them more things. Um, with the prophetic, it was more activating myself. It was more, okay, I can see things very clearly, but now I, I don't know how to hear God as clearly. And so, yeah, a lot of activating myself. A lot of it, especially when I got to Bethel School Supernatural Ministry, our friends would do prophetic parties where we just get together and try and get words of knowledge for each other just because we're trying to practice. Because the more that you kind of practice some of this stuff, the more that your ears kind of like, oh, I got that right. Okay. What was different about that time? You know, and you kind of just learn and practice and, you know, it's like with healing, when you want to go after healing, you just got to start praying for people and just go for it and just pray for someone until somebody gets healed and then can keep going, you know, with the prophetic, it was kind of just activating myself, practicing it, constantly asking God questions. God, what do you say about this person? What do you say about that person? What do you say about this church? And then just then, taking the risk and stepping out and telling someone, Hey, do you have an uncle named Fred? No. Okay. That's, that's okay. Like yeah. God bless. And then, but then not letting that affect me just being like, okay, that's fine. doesn't matter that I got it wrong. doesn't matter that I got just happy and proud of me for stepping out. And then I remember the first time I got a word of knowledge, right. The person was like, yeah. And they were like, what does that mean? I was like, I have no idea. I didn't think past the point of getting the word of knowledge, right. I didn't even, so I was like, okay, let me, let me go ask the Lord and I'll come back to you. And so that's kind of my journey with just going for it and just taking risk and being bold and believing that God speaks to me. I think it's a lot of times can be a lot of the biggest battle for people is actually believing that God speaks. To them. Yeah, I, I love that. And you've, your, your household, from what I heard, you were singing at a very young age mm -hmm. and your parents helped steward 
the atmosphere of mm-hmm. expectancy of seeing in the spirit. Now, my kids are amazing. Okay, we've we steward, we host the Holy Spirit in this home, and they they hear and see in the spirit very well. What do you think we should do as Christians to continue that flow of the spirit in our kids' lives? Because parents, you know, sometimes work and distractions and things can get in the way, and we could um, just kind of dampen that uh, on on our kids. How would you encourage us to encourage our kids to continue to see? I mean, encouragement there is one of the biggest things. You know, I I remember as as a child and as a you know an early teen, I'd be like, oh, I'm seeing this and I'm seeing that, and my parents are like, that's amazing. Like, tell us more. Like, what are you seeing? Or my dad would ask me in church, are you seeing anything? And so they're just interested, like genuinely interested in what I'm seeing. Um, and I tell parents make intentional time to do things with your kids with this. You know. Um, I had some parents recently send me some testimonies and they said that they basically sat down with all their kids. I've got, I think three girls, three or four girls. Um, and they sat down with them. They, they started off by reading a story in the Bible of somebody encountering an angel. And then they, then as a parent, they talked to their kids about some of their own encounters with angels and some things that they had experienced. And they said, okay, now as a, as all together, we're going to go after seeing something and see what we kind of experience. And, they did one of the, uh, this activation that I have that's really simple and all their kids started seeing things, started experiencing things. And so um, for some kids, all they need to know is that it's okay to see, you know, that it's okay to have. Cause I think so many kids are seeing and having experiences and they're like, they don't say anything for me. I'm super extroverted. So I, as a kid was like, I'm seeing this and I'm seeing that and I'm experiencing this. Um, and I just happened to tell my parents about it. You know, I remember one time a dad came up to me and he's like, hey, can you come pray for my daughter? I'd love her to see more. And I walked over to her daughter, his daughter, and I looked at her and she, her eyes were just like looking around the room. And I was like, she's already seeing stuff in the room right now. So I like just knelt down and I said to her, hey, sweetie, what are you seeing in the room right now? And she went on this monologue of all the things that she was seeing in the spirit in the room. I look at the dad, he's got his mouth wide open and he's like, I didn't know that she saw. And I said, did you, have you ever asked her? he said, I didn't even think to, you know, I think so, so much of it is even just asking the questions um, and telling your kids, like, it's okay to see, like, or you, do you see any angels? Or I have a friend who I sent some activations to and her kids made up this game called I Spy an Angel. And so every single night they were all like laying in the living room and putting on some worship music. And then the mom's like, okay, do you guys see any angels in the room? And so there were so many times where she would feel one and then her kid would be like, oh, there's one over there. And that was exactly where she felt it. So she just made it fun for them to kind of to do it. And yeah, they, they loved it. And so I think encouragement is the key. Asking your kids questions. What are you seeing? What are you experiencing? And then believing them and actually stepping out in it and, you know, I remember one time, I I don't know how old I was, but I remember one time my dad came up to me in church and my dad was the pastor of my church. He said, hey, sweetie, what are you seeing in the room? And I was like, oh, I'm seeing this and this and this. And then I just go back to, you know, whatever I was doing, probably coloring, you know, as kids tend to do in church sometimes. And next thing I know, I hear him on the microphone sharing what I'm seeing. And so I was like, oh, wow, he actually believes me. He doesn't look at me and be like, oh, you're just a child. You can't be seeing things accurately. 
Instead, he was like, okay, this is what's happening in the room. This is what my daughter is seeing and actually believed me. Um, it's just a huge, huge key. I love it. Yeah, we need we need more of that, I think, in Christianity throughout the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was wondering, you know, because you see in the spirit and it, this could be every day, you know, um, I'm not going to put God in a box. I mean, I see in the spirit and I love the Holy Spirit. I love Jesus. You know, how do you discern spirits when you're seeing or hearing or feeling like how do you how do you discern? Um, I mean, a huge part of discernment is trusting your gut. I think, you know, it's to when something you see something or I think sometimes a lot of people like well, I'm, they're really worried with seeing the spirit that they're going to be deceived by a demon. Um and I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, you're inside of me. Like you are inside of me and you know, like you know very easily how to discern what that is. And so it's just kind of trusting Holy Spirit and being like, okay. And, you know, there's instances and, you know, like trust your gut or I had a bad feeling about this. You know, there's all these phrases that we use or that, you know, women will say, oh, that guy just gave me, I didn't have, I had a weird feeling about him or whatever. I'm like, that, that's discernment. Like you're actually discerning something. Um, and so, yeah, just trusting um, my gut, trusting Holy Spirit inside of me, trusting that, um, like, you know, I think some people think that the devil's ability to deceive them is bigger than God's ability to protect them. Yeah. And so just believing that, like God can protect me. God knows, God speaks to me. He's going to show me and trusting that. And just believing in that and not doubting kind of that. So, yes, I love that. Yes, the Holy Spirit, he's involved in the situation. Mm-hmm. But when you see a demon, what does what do you do? Like, how do you go about addressing that situation? Uh, I know that this might be a broad question. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely. Because there, there are different ways for sure. Um, I'm also not somebody who sees the demonic a lot. In the sense of it doesn't show up. Um, and because I don't focus on the demonic, I don't, I don't remember the last time I saw a demon in my house or a demon has really, like, I don't be wrong, I've definitely had intense demonic encounters, but um, yeah, I just, I don't put focus on them. I, I don't, I just, sorry, my, that was, I don't know if you heard that. Um, yeah, I heard it, but it's all good. Sorry. Um, yeah, there it's just, just no, first of all, knowing who I, you are, I think it's the biggest way that you can deal with the demonic, right? I remember one time God said to me, because Louise, do you want to know whether the demonic is afraid of you? And I've always learned in moments like this. I always, you know, anytime God asks you a question, it's really good just to be like, no, God, why? You know, to like turn it back on him because his answer is probably me way better than what you're thinking. And so this is one of those moments and I was like, God, why? Why is the demonic afraid of me? He's like, it's because you look like me. And I was like, oh, yeah, like we are made in the image of God. Like we are made in his image. And so he's like, the demonic is afraid of you. And so, you know, a lot of times worship, if there's demonic stuff going on, worship is the biggest key that I'll just start worshiping God because the demonic doesn't want to be in a place where there's worship to God. And so worship or just telling it to go. I remember as, as a kid, my dad actually taught me how to deal with a demonic. And he would tell me, he said, do you know who you are? Do you know that you're, you're a daughter of God? That that stuff is more afraid of you than you are of it? Like when it shows up, 
and you tell it to go in the name of Jesus, it actually has to go. Yes. It has to go. And so when stuff would show up as a kid, I'd be like, go in the name of Jesus. And I believe that it would leave. Um, and then the next step of inviting Holy Spirit to come in, which is, I think, the part that a lot of people, they'll get to the point of telling the demon to go, and then they just kind of stop there. And I'm like, well, no, that's actually a really last important step of inviting Holy Spirit into that place, inviting the angelic to come into the room, inviting God's peace to come into that situation, into that moment. And so I think as a, ch- as a child, I learned that the demonic was not to be afraid of. And I think, which is one of the things that I'm, super passionate about is this idea of we have to teach our kids how to deal with the demonic when it comes yes. because if we can teach i always have this thought in my mind i'm like can you imagine if we taught all the kids in the church right now that who they are they don't have to be afraid of the demonic that the demonic is afraid of them i'm like man where would the world be when they're all adults you know like where would the world be because there would be nowhere that is too dark there, you know, there would be none of those places even exist because we'd be like, well, I'm, my God is bigger than all of that. And so, yes. and one of the other, you know, so just a lot of mindsets, I think, are involved in this. And I think um, a lot of people, too, I've had conversations and they're, you know, so afraid of the demonic and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'll ask them a question and I'll say, um, who's the opposite of God? And they kind of, people, sometimes people, and some people actually said to me, the devil. I'm like, no. Exactly not. Right. right. He's actually the opposite of Gabriel, Michael, the archangel. Yeah. God has no opposite. Like he's already one. And I think for, for Christians, it makes me so sad when they're like, well, de- the devil is the opposite of God. Because I think in our minds, we look at good and evil as these opposites. And actually God has no opposite. Yes. Like, doesn't have an opposite. And so just changing some of the mindset shift, mindsets to be like, God you are, there's no opposite to you. You've already won. Like you literally have already won this battle. You've already won this. And I think for me, just trying to walk and changing some of my mindsets to believe those things. It's like, oh, wow. Like now it's the, when the demonic shows up, it's actually really easy to get rid of them because I'm just walking in who I am, walking in, you know, those things of God has no opposite. Like the, the devil is not like, it's not like God's 51% strong and the devil's 49 so God's winning, but only by slightly. It's like, no, God already is winning by 100%. Like, there's no opposite to him. And so just kind of changing some of those minds, mindsets has been the thing that's been the biggest thing for me with with battling the demonic and just knowing who I am and just standing in that. So I love it. You're, you're hitting it, man. Identity in Christ is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People need to know whose they are, who they are. And like you said, we're created in the image of God. We reflect Jesus everywhere we go. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. So when you encounter the angelic, um, say, uh, maybe let's just say you're in a church service or you're in your, your quiet time with God. You're spending time in the secret place mm-hmm. and you see the angelic. What is it that, that you start engaging from there? Um, it, it depends. It depends on the moment. Um, it's cause sometimes, I mean, the angelic can just show up in just worship time, just to be in the room, just to be there. Um, then there's other times that involves partnership with the angel. So it's like, okay, what are you here to do? So example in a church, um, what are you here to do? Are you like, who are you? You know, who like that kind of a thing? Um, you know, I, one of the easiest way to kind of describe this is healing angels. And so a lot of times when in church service, I'll see healing angels come in the room 
And I'll say, okay, well, who, you know, like, what are you here for? Uh, I remember one time I saw an angel walk into a church service and they just were carrying hair, just tons and tons of hair. And I was like, that's really strange. So I walk up to the angel and like, what are you here for? And he's like, oh, I'm a healing angel. I'm here to restore people's hair. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, that's so cool. And so I'm stuck. I, then, then at that point, then I can start partnering. God, I just pray for people in this room right now that need new hair. For whatever reason it is, God, I just release that healing over them right now. It just happens that as soon as I action with this angel, I hear on the microphone, Louise, if you're in the room, can you come and tell us what you're seeing? And so I'm like, well, I'm seeing an angel restoring hair, right? So I go up in the microphone, and I'm like, yeah, I see this angel, and God's um, he's bringing healing for hair. So if you need hair, take it. And the whole room is silent. Like, I'm not even kidding. And I just realized, oh, my gosh, I just said that on a microphone. Um, and so I just, like, go and sit down. And I'm like, okay, that was kind of strange. But I released it. Like, I just partnered with God. I don't care what I look like. If I'm partnering with God, it's all good. And so three years later, I'm not even kidding, three or four years later, I'm suddenly on Facebook one day. And there it was a women's conference that I was a part of. And suddenly I'm – I'm upon the Facebook page for that woman's group. And this woman writes this comment on there and she says, oh my gosh, three years ago, three, four years ago, I was at this conference and this girl got up and said that God was restoring hair, that she saw an angel of hair. And she's like, the next day her hair is growing back. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, I look like a complete fool. You know, the, the whole church is silent. But this lady got healed. It's totally, totally worth it. And so, yeah, it's partnership with the angelic. What are they? If it's a peace angel, partner with that and be like, I just release peace over this situation right now. I release peace over this church. I release if it's joy. I release joy over this church right now. It's just partnering with what what heaven is doing really in the room, and partnering with it what God wants to say. Or sometimes the angels, like I have a you know the Bible, the angels are messengers. You know they carry messages to people. Sometimes I'll. I'll come there and like, oh, I have a message for that person. I'm like, okay, cool. What's the message? And then I'll get, they'll share it and then I'll go and like, hey, I just had this. And, and I'm very kind of um, clear when I'm talking about this kind of stuff. I'm like, hey, this angel just showed up. And I have looked definitely like a crazy person sometimes. I'm like, hey, this angel just showed up and gave me this message for you. And this is what they said. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. You know? And so just that that next step of, step of actually partnering with the angelic and what is there to do and yeah, I'm just going for it. I love it. Yeah, my friend Jimmy, he wanted me to ask you a specific question about the wakey, wakey. Uh, yes. I was wondering, could you share that story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that was a story that happened when I was 16. So it's a little over 15 years ago now because I just turned 30. And so I was 16 at the time. And like I said, I'd grown up seeing in the spirit, grown up being very aware of the angelic. And so when I was 16... I had a very marking encounter. It was an encounter that has marked me for the rest of my life. And yeah, so I was 16. I was asleep in my bed one night. And all I know is that I woke up because God's presence was there in my bedroom. I woke up and there was a glory cloud in my bedroom that I'm seeing with my physical eye. And like, I mean, it had gems and jewels and all kinds of stuff in this cloud. And I remember looking at it and being like, I have no idea what to do right now. You know, what do you do when a glory cloud shows up in your room? Like, I have no idea what to do. The only thing I could think of was when Samuel in the Bible, you know, and God's calling out to him. And he says, I'm here. Like, I'm listening. And so I basically said something to that effect to God of, okay, God, 
I'm, I'm listening, I'm here. And then out of the cloud, I heard this voice, um, this audible voice that said, I want you to go to Mariah Chapel and say wakey, wakey. And for a little bit of context, so I, I do live in Reading, but I'm actually from Wales. I live in Wales, my whole family's still over there, so I'm Welsh and British. Uh, I know my accent doesn't make it seem like I am British, but I am. Um, and so I grew up, and the Mariah Chapel is where the Welsh Revival started in 1904. And if any of you know anything about the Welsh Revival, it was an amazing revival that changed so much of the world. Like you look at even the Azusa Revival, um, they were writing letters back and forth and, you know, telling about what was happening in the Welsh Revival. And they were like, you know, the Azusa, they're like, we want that God pour out on us. And there's, there's all kinds of stories of what God did. In that. So Mariah Chapel is where it started, 1904 with Evan Roberts. And so I grew up about 10 minutes away from where Mariah Chapel actually is. And so, yeah, so God says to me, I want you to go to Mariah Chapel and say, wakey, wakey. And I'm like, you want me to do what? Like, what? You know, and, and I'm at this age too, right? And I'm sure many, many people can relate. When you're 16, everything your parents tell you to do is embarrassing, right? You're at that stage where you're like, God, and it literally in that moment, I was like, God, no, I'm not doing that. Like, I feel like God is this embarrassing dad making me do something that I was like, I'm really not doing that. And so I actually rolled over to go back to sleep to kind of ignore the glory cloud in my room because I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And then God said to me again, I want you to go to Mariah Chapel and say, wakey, wakey. And I had this feeling inside of me, if I don't do this, I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life. Like this is going to be something I look back on and think what would have happened if I had done that. And so at that time I was actually in college because the UK school system is a little different. And I had to, I actually had to drive past Mariah Chapel every single day on the way to college and then every single day on the way home. And it took me a little, it took me a little bit of time. There were definitely a few days when I just would look the other direction as we drove past the chapel as the conviction is building inside of me to do this. And so so one day I just walk on over to Mara Chapel and I'm, I get there. And another thing too about Mara Chapel is it's not in a secluded location, right? British roads are tiny. We come pack a lot of things in. And so there's a gas station directly across the street. And by the street, I mean, probably like one lane American size. Like that's how small British, some British roads are. And so there's a gas station directly across the street. There is a, like a pub right next door and some guys are out having an afternoon beer and so there's this is not a secluded spot there are people around so i'm very aware when i do this people are going to hear me there's also a bus stop right there and there's like about three people waiting for a bus and so i'm like oh my gosh these are all good. so i walk up to the chapel and there's like this um commemorative thing for the Welsh revival so i just look like i'm reading that for a second and and i so i say wakey wakey but I said it like really quietly because I realized God didn't tell me how loudly to say this. So, you know, loophole, I'm going to say it really quietly and kind of cough at the same time. Um, you know, and I always share this part of the story because I'm like, you got to be real. You know, sometimes it doesn't matter. You get it wrong the first time or you're not bold, like just got to go for it. And so, so I, I cough, I say it really quietly. And then that's when God says to me, is that how much you want revival in Wales again? And I was like, oh, no, I want it way more than that. It's like, then you're going to have to say it louder. And so I was like, okay. So I literally plugged up every ounce of courage that I had. Um, and I yelled it at the top of my lungs at the chapel. 
probably look like a completely crazy person. I mean, I'm yelling at a building, right? And nothing happens for what felt like an eternity. In reality, it was probably about 30 seconds to a minute, maybe even less than that. Felt like 100 years in my mind. And so nothing happened. And so I turned around and had my back to the chapel. And I'm just looking at the ground because I do not want to look a single person in the eye. And I'm getting ready to take off running. I don't even care what direction. I just want to get myself out of this situation. Like, God, I did it. It's just done. I want to go home. I want to go home and crawl into bed and get under my blanket because this was really embarrassing. And as I have my back to the chapel, I feel the ground start shaking. And we do not have earthquakes in the UK. And so I feel the ground start shaking and I hear this yawn, like this loud, thundering yawn. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what is that? And so I turn back around and I face the chapel. And as I do, this massive angel steps out. So and good. he was, I mean, he was so massive that I could probably just see kind of up to like his knee area. Like if he was glowing, it was kind of hard to look at him. And, and I was like, who are you? Which is the great, I think a lot of people will see in the spirit, but then they don't do the next step. And so I was like, who are you? Like, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm the angel of the 1904 revival. You just woken me up. And I'm like, wait, what? And in my head, I'm going through, I didn't think angels slept. You know, God doesn't sleep. And he's like, I fell asleep because people stopped calling out for revival in Wales. And that's when I got excited. I was like, oh, so you're here to bring the new Welsh revival. And he laughs at me. He's like, oh, no, the new Welsh revival angel is much bigger than I am. And then just takes off walking down the street. And I'm like, no, 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 come back. I have a million more questions for you to answer. And you know, it was one of those, it's, it's a testimony too that has has grown so much from that point. You know, there was definitely a moment afterwards where I was like, I doubted it. I'm like, did that really happen to me? Did I make that up? And a couple of weeks after, um, I heard this story. I'm at the, this conference and this lady come, gets up and she's like, you know, she's like, I was actually in Wales a couple of weeks ago. Um, God told me to drive into Wales. And she's like, I met this huge angel walking down the road. And that's when my ears perked up. I'm like, wait, what did you just say? And she's like, so I got out of my car and I asked the angel who he was. And, he, and she's like, and he told me he was the angel of the 1904 revival. And this young girl had just woken him up. Wow. And I mean, talk about tears streaming down my face in that moment. I've been like, okay, God, like you did this. And yeah. Yeah, it was an amazing testimony. And it was also one that I decided not to tell anybody. So I'm like, I'm not going to tell anyone about this encounter. Like, this is really crazy. I'm not going to tell a single person. And it wasn't until the next day, I was a part of like a small group um, with some of my some of my best friends at church. And I knock on the door, and my best friend opens it. And she goes, you had an angelic encounter yesterday. What was it? And I was like, oh. And I was like, well, okay, okay, fine. I'll tell you about it. And so... I always say if it wasn't for her, I don't know how long it would take me to actually share the story with people because I was like, people are going to think I'm completely crazy if I share this. And so I had this amazing, like, and then my church were like, this is incredible. My whole church got behind it. They were like, this is amazing. And so I definitely think I'm the person, a lot of reasons why I'm the person I am today is because I had a church that encouraged me and church that. Like, this is awesome. This is incredible. What's more is I had incredible youth leaders who encouraged it. And so encouragement is such a key in so much of whether you're, let's be honest, whether you're a child or an adult, right? It's encouragement is such a huge key for all of us. And so, yeah, it was a testimony. The Wakey Wakey encounter was a testimony that has, 
impacted me. It's grown. It has every few years I'll hear a new story about the wakey wakey angel. Um, and I learned a few years ago that his name is actually wakey wakey. And so when I actually called out the angels, actually calling him out by name. Um, and that's because I was at a conference um, with a guy called Jeff Jansen. I'm not sure you know who he is. Yeah. He's this amazing guy and yeah. he's speaking. And in the middle of him speaking, he stops and looks at me. He says, do you want to know about my encounter with the wakey wakey angel? And I'm like, I mean, immediate goosebumps, right? And I'm like, I just know I can't even speak. And he goes on to say about, he's like, yeah, like his name is actually wakey wakey. He was the angel that used to wake up Evan Roberts in the night and take him on these crazy encounters. And so I'm sitting there being like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that when I was actually, I was actually calling the angel out by name. I wasn't saying wake up. I'm like, hey, you know, calling out the angel by name. And so, and it was a couple of years as well after that, I was, ended up having dinner with uh, Ray Hughes, who's this amazing guy. And we're, he knows so much about revival history. And we're just talking about the Walsh revival. And he happens to mention the date, October 31st. And I must have gone really pale. And he said, are you okay? And I was like, that's the same day that I said, wakey, wakey. Wow. And I had absolutely no idea that that was the day the Welsh revival started. And so there's so much in the story. And it's one of those ones that just keeps on expanding um, and keeps growing. Even like last year sometime, my mom texted me and she's like, hey, she's like, I want to apologize to you. And I was like, apologize to me for what? And she's like, for any part of me that didn't believe the wakey, wakey story, she's like, because I met him, I had an encounter with him. And I was like, you know, so there, there's just been so many things like that that have happened since it definitely is one of those testimonies that just keeps growing. And every couple of years, I'm like, okay, God, what's new? Like there's going to be, there's going to be something new about this encounter because yeah, it's, it's wild. And I, I love it. And I love that I was seen. And I think what a lot of people don't know is the Welsh revival was actually sparked by a 16 year old girl wow. who stood up in a church service in Wales in a little church, in a little town. And she just said, I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart. And she literally interrupted this, the preacher and everything. And just that genuine, genuineness, genuineness of a heart, Holy Spirit fell. And revival broke out in that meeting. Evan Roberts heard about that and said, I want that in my church. And so he started holding prayer meetings. And then on the 31st of revival, God's presence fell and changed the country because this girl stood up. And so, which I love, I love that. Her name was Flory Evans. And so... Yeah, that's kind of the story. It's definitely one, like I said, that keeps on expanding over time. It's one that marked me and changed me forever. I forever changed because of that encounter. I love it. It's so good. And I can relate because when I youth pastored 17, 18 years ago, the Holy Spirit told me I was going to have a guest. And then uh, within the hour, uh, someone knocked on the door and it was an angel. It, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, who... I'd had several other encounters with who gave me the words of the Lord, who gave me um, insight into different things ministerially. And then some years later, I'm in Iraq uh, as a Marine uh, in 2007, 2008. And, you know, he knocked on my tin can that I was living in. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's still ongoing. And yeah. uh, old people have even identified, you know, just confirm, you know, and that's what the prophetic does even is mm -hmm. confirms and encourages, comforts, edifies. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I want to be mindful of your time, but I would love for you to lead us in an activation to see in the spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, I, 
and I have plenty of time, so I'm good. Okay. Um, awesome. I love activating people to see in the spirit because I think it's one of those, it seems to be one of those things that people don't think they can activate themselves in. Like they just think that suddenly one day they'll have an angel knock on their door or something will happen. Um, and then that, their eyes will be open. I'm like, no, you can actually activate your eyes to see. Yes. You know, and I kind of equate it to healing in the sense of, you know, it would be like if you say, I would love to pray for some, I would love to see somebody healed. And then you just sit there and you don't pray for anybody. But she takes that. If you do that, you might not see anybody healed. Right. Because it takes that next step of activation of going out there, of praying for people, of not giving up or evangelism. You know, it'd be like talking about it, going to a church service, talking about evangelism, sharing some testimonies and be like, OK, we'll have a good lunch. Right. It's like, no, you got to get out there and actually go do evangelism. Like you have to do this stuff. You have to take that next step of actually activating yourself to see in the spirit. You know, Proverbs twenty twelve says, uh, lovers of God have been given eyes to see with spiritual discernment and ears to hear from God. Right. So every, if you are a lover of God, you have been given eyes to see with spiritual discernment. Right. And so you have eyes, eyes to see and seeing is, just another dimension of God's voice, right? And I want to experience God with every way that he wants to speak. You know, uh, God's voice is not only audible, it's visual too. And we can't um, ignore it. We can't, you know, we need to activate ourselves to see in the spirit too. And seeing is not just seeing angels, you know, it's, it's visions, open visions, all that kind of stuff. There's so many aspects to seeing in the spirit that's not just the angelic. Um, and I love I love opening people's eyes to see in the spirit, to go for it. And I, I, I do believe that it is a grace on my life to activate people um, because I've seen it. I've seen it so many times of people coming to services, I'm doing activations, and they'll start seeing stuff for the first time in their life. And you know, um, so and I think I mentioned briefly about my angel, Jason, who I met when I was five years old. And Jason actually means healer. And angels' names are very important, right? You see that throughout the Bible. Names mean something. And so angel, so his name means healer. And I remember him telling me, my angel told me, like, it's because you're called to help heal the church's eyes. And I was like, Wow. Yeah, that's it. Like everything that like I am passionate about in life could be summed up into that one sentence. It's helping the church to heal their eyes. Because I look at the Bible and I see so many angelic encounters. Like that I I remember I'm writing a book right now and to start before I did any writing, I was like, I'm gonna read every single angelic scripture in the Bible because I want a book about the angelic just to be filled with scriptures about people seeing, about people having encounters yeah. and it's just all through there. It's amazing. It's incredible. And so, yes, I would love to activate. And I tell people, you know, with healing, you pray for someone and they don't get healed, don't give up. Right. Pray for the next person. They don't get healed, pray for the next person. And so but with seeing it tends to be more people like, well, I tried it once and it didn't work. And I'm like, so you gave up? Like, don't give up. Go Whatever it is with God that you're pressing into, don't give up. Whether it's you want to see somebody saved in the street and you've been rejected 50 times. Maybe that 51 time the person will be like, yeah, tell me more about that. You know, like you don't give up. And it's the same with the prophetic. It's the same with seeing in the spirit. Don't give up. Keep pressing into it. You know, knock. and keep, Like the Bible says, knock and keep knocking. Yeah. Like 
It's like ask and you will receive, but you got to knock. And sometimes you got to keep, keep knocking. Like persistence is such a key into so many things and to break through. And so just encourage all of you watching, listen, go for it. Like I'm going to lead you through an activation. I encourage you, don't just do this once and be like, oh, I didn't say anything or do it once. And be like, that was cool. But actually keep going, pressing into it. Because actually as you activate your eyes to see, God will open them up more. It's like when you're activating your the prophetic your ears to hear something you used to realize oh, i'm hearing way more than i have because you're actually training your ears like to hear the voice of god and so it's the, kind of the same with seeing so yeah so i have a very very simple activation um that i want to lead you guys to is kind of got like a five-step process um and i'll kind of go through it pretty quickly and then you guys can kind of you can do it um I have people do this with their kids all the time. And you would be shocked the testimonies that I receive from parents through this activation. I just received one recently of a mom who did it with her son. Her son wanted nothing to do with it. He's like, no, I don't, I don't really want to see angels. I don't want to do this. I don't want this. And so she was very discouraged. Three weeks later, two or three weeks later, her son comes up to him. He's like, mom, I've been encountering the angelic. And not only the angelic, he'd been encountering Jesus in his dreams. And so it's all he needed to know, like, was the permission, like, hey, you know, you can see angels. And he just went for it. Now this kid is having full on Jesus encounters in his dreams where Jesus is showing up when he's afraid. Hey, don't be afraid with you. And I love that. It makes me so excited. And so, yeah, so this the five-step activation. The first step is just saying, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you that you're here. Thank yep. you that the angelic is here with me. Thank you that um, the angels are all around us. That Matthew 18.10 is talking about Jesus, talking about kids. He's like, their angels always see the face of my father. God, thank you that we have angels that are with us yes. all the time. And then the next step is saying, God, where is an angel in the room right now? And go with your first nut instinct. Yep. Right? Learn to trust your gut. First gut instinct. Where is an angel in the room? And then the next step is, okay, God, what does that angel look like? Maybe you just see one detail. Maybe you see the whole angel. It's all incredible. And then when you know what the angel looks like, you say, okay, God, what's the angel's name? What's their name? Maybe you hear Bob, maybe you hear a word you've never heard before. And I always tell people, Google the name. Google the meaning of the name. And then the next step once you, is to ask the angel, what are you here for? Like, what are you here to do? Maybe they're like, oh, I'm just here because Jared and Louise are doing the recording and they're pretty cool. <laughs> or maybe it's like, I'm actually here to make peace in this, in situ in this, in this atmosphere that the world is going through. And I'm here to bring peace. I've seen a lot more peace angels walking around the earth than ever before in this season. And so maybe even you can just partner with that. Or maybe they have a message for somebody. Or maybe they're carrying healing. And then it takes partnership with you just to release that healing into the room, into the church. Yeah, that's that last step of you stepping out and taking risks. Because so much of everything, whether it's healing, evangelism, the prophetic, seeing in the spirit, it all ends in risk and trusting God and going for it and being bold. So, mm -hmm. so good. Hey, guys, I want to encourage you. If 
God was speaking to you, then if you started seeing in the spirit, let us know. Reach out to us either now, inbox us, email us at info at firebornministries.com. Send us your testimonies. I mean, I mean, earlier, Luis, I, I saw three warrior angels behind you. I think there might have been a fourth. I'm not too confident about the fourth one. But when you were speaking, that was about 20 minutes ago. But during this activation, right over there in, in the corner, over by my one of my bookshelves, uh, yeah, I saw this angel. I've never seen the form of this angel before, um, but it was amazing. So thank you so much. Uh, I, I know that there's going to be an ongoing um, dialogue here uh, in the if not today, it's going to be ongoing for more because, man, the presence of God is very strong right now. Guys, please let us know what the Holy Spirit's doing in you and through you through through this. Luis, what is the best way for our listeners, our viewers, to get a hold of you and your ministry? Um, so we have a website, markedbygoodness.com. Um, we also have a Facebook page, Marked by Goodness. Um, and me and my husband will kind of do weekly or biweekly Facebook lives into there. We love just getting on and encouraging people what God is showing us, what we're seeing um, to kind of share with everybody. And so those are probably the two best ways on Facebook, which is just Marked by Goodness or on our website, markedbygoodness.com. So but Facebook is probably the place that we're the most active, obviously doing Facebook lives, doing all that kind of stuff in there. Because um, we just love, we love, sometimes we'll just go on and be like, what prayer requests do people have? And we'll just pray for people. And we people healed over Facebook Live, which yes. is amazing. I love it. I'm like, you don't have to be, especially in this season, have to be in the same place as people to see people healed and to see people encountering. So, Amen. So we had a response from a friend of mine, Morgan. She said she saw like, and I think she meant an owl. And I, I want to encourage her that an owl in the spirit, we see it in the book of Acts. It's this, it's a spirit of wisdom. It's an angel sometimes, you know, in the scripture. So always back up uh, supernatural encounters with the scripture. And then she, uh, had this i pulled up this other part of her, her story that she got the name abigail and it means my father's joy so bless you morgan in jesus name guys that was louise lopez of markbygoodness.com please feel free to reach out to her check out her mm -hmm. website get into her programs seen in the yeah. spirit if you got more questions uh, she'll send you the answers markbygoodness.com louise thank you yeah, so much you want to be a part of our mailing list on there because um, I have a book that's coming out pretty soon called The Simplicity of Seeing. Um, because seeing, it's easy. It's asking God questions. What do you do, God? What do you like? And just stepping into that. And so, and it goes through my whole story of childhood seeing crazy encounters that I had as a child um, through a whole chapter on teaching your kids how to deal with a demonic. And so it goes into a lot of things that we've mentioned very in depth because I'm super passionate about not only adults seeing, but kids seeing too, and teaching them how from a very, very young age. I mean, I grew up seeing angels in the physical. There was no way that as a, as a teenager, I could ever doubt God's existence or doubt that he was real because of all this history with seeing in the angelic. And so, yeah, so you can check that out there too. Awesome. Thank you so very much for being part of Adventures in the Spirit. This is awesome. Everybody, please feel free to share this, subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast, Adventures in the Spirit. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com, and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit.
Whatever you're saving up for. A CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.50% APY on an 8-month CD special or 5.00% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC.